Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This is the fifth week of our series called The Easter Door from Pastor Josh Finkley. Enjoy the message. Let me ask you a question. Has there ever been a time, either maybe today or in the past, where you questioned that? Yeah? Where you've said, God, I I don't know where you're at right now. God, I I don't know what you're doing right now. have Have you ever... Anybody willing to admit with me? Here, here. You ever felt abandoned? Abandoned? Like, like I know we don't want to confess that, but if we're just honest, like, there's times we felt abandoned. There's times we felt alone. There's times we felt darkness. And today I want us to deal with that. I want us just to dive into it head, head first. Because I know for me, there was a time that I felt alone. I felt abandoned. It's the earliest memory I have as a child. I was three years old. Earliest memory I have was when I was three years old. Now, I'm going to tell you this story. You can stay standing with with me if you want. I'll be standing the the whole 25 minutes. So you can stand or you can sit, whatever you want to do. But it was when I was three. And I vividly remember it. Like, I remember standing on my grandmother's right side holding her hand. We were standing on her front porch. And as I was standing on her front porch, my brother and my mom were walking down the sidewalk to leave. And I remember crying and saying, I want to go, to which my grandmother said, you're not old enough. See, the situation was this, is that my brother, who was two years older than me, he was five, he was getting to go to California to visit my father. Now, my brother knew my dad, like he had spent his early years of life with my dad. For me, I have never met my father. So as a three-year-old, I never met dad, and I remember thinking, I want to go, I want to meet my dad, and to that, my grandmother said... You're not old enough. But do you know what I heard? I'm not wanted. Like she might have said you're not old enough. But what I heard, what I heard was you're not wanted. That's the guy who abandoned you as a baby and now he still doesn't want you. That's what I heard and felt. And I have to be honest that it sent me down a path of darkness. Not as a three-year-old, but as an elementary student, wrestling with that idea all the time that I was abandoned by my father. As a middle school student, as a high school student, that there was a lot of darkness in my life that I was constantly diving into because I felt this abandonment and felt alone. 
And maybe you're with me. Maybe you're with me because you have a similar story. Or maybe it's a different reason. But, but there's something that has gone on in your life, maybe is going on in your life, or is going on in a friend or a family member's life where they feel alone, they feel abandoned. You know, there was another guy who felt the exact same way. His name was Jesus. That, that Jesus felt alone that Jesus felt abandoned in the midst of the darkness. And, and we're going to see how he said that. Like he confessed it. He said it out loud. The thing that many of us were like, I'm afraid to say that I feel abandoned by God. Yet Jesus confessed it out loud to the world. And we have it recorded in scripture. See, in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at Jesus when he was on the cross, and we're seeing the words that he spoke from the cross. Each week, we've looked at that, and each week, we've said something different that he has said that offers us something. Last week, we said that what he said offers a relationship. The week before that, we said what he said offers a community. Today, I'll say what he says from the cross offers comfort because it helps us to realize we're not alone. Look at his words. It's Matthew chapter 27. And in, in Matthew 27, it's here on the screen. I'll be reading it. It, it reads like this. And, and if you don't understand the book of Matthew, what, what Matthew is, is it's a book in the Bible that was written by one of his followers. We call it a gospel, or I like to call it a biography of Jesus, because Matthew wrote down uh, everything he witnessed in Jesus. And, and this is something he wrote down that, that happened to Jesus while he was on the cross. It says, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And before we even get into this, Jesus saying, why have you abandoned me? Uh, let's just deal with the, the darkness. You see, the whole scripture starts with this idea of darkness. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. So Jesus was in the dark. And, and I want you to think about this darkness because I think it alludes to what he says next. And if we don't understand the darkness, it'll be hard to understand his question. You see, the darkness wasn't like a sandstorm came up. The darkness isn't like a thunderstorm, you know, and clouds come over the sky. The darkness isn't even an eclipse. I mean, we can go back to, to records and we can, we can figure out when lunar eclipse would have happened and it wasn't that time of year or, or in that place. So, so what kind of darkness fell over the land? I would call it a supernatural darkness. I would say it was a supernatural darkness due to sadness and sin. And here's what I mean by that. Like, I, I think creation was sad. I think that Jesus is hanging on the cross, and what we know about Jesus is, is that he was God in the flesh, and he was creator God. Okay, like Jesus was there at creation. On Genesis 1, we, we see that Jesus was there. That in John chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1, which is from the Bible, it says that, that it was through him and by him that creation happened. 
And so imagine the creation recognizing that God is hanging on a cross, that Jesus, the son, is hanging on the cross. I imagine in that moment that creation is sad. And I think about it this way, that, that it says in, in Scripture, in the book of Psalms, that the heavens declare the glory of God, that the stars sing out his praises. Do you, anybody here believe that? You believe that? Like, like you look, look up at the stars and you believe scripture? Like, yes, they sing out the praises. Uh, here's what I believe. If the stars can sing out the praises of God, they can also reflect the sadness of God. And, and I believe in that moment creation was sad because God is sad. I mean, think about the heavens and the sadness that would have been going on inside the throne room of heaven. I mean, think about the angels. Like, I don't know at what level they understood the crucifixion. Like, we know that they understood Jesus had to come. That, that the angels came and they declared 33 years earlier, Jesus is here. Uh, he is the hope of the world. He's going to rescue everybody back to God. So, so they understood that, that he was the way. But did they understand this was the way that he was going to do it? Like, like I can just imagine some of the angels in heaven going, man, th this can't be. And then they look at the father and they see the father in that moment empathizing with the son and the sadness maybe. And I just think there's great sadness. But I also think it was dark not just because of sadness. I think it's dark because of sin. That when there is sin... There is darkness. We sin in the dark. When, when we sin, we stay in the dark. And we see that, that darkness of sin brings the judgment of God. Here's what I mean by that. Like you can look throughout scripture and you can see when sin happened, it became dark and the judgment of God. We see it in the garden. I'll talk about that a lot next week. We see it at the 10 plagues that then maybe you've heard the story of Moses and the Israelites and Moses was trying to get the Israelites out of Egypt and the Pharaoh, he wouldn't let it happen and, and he was upset. So God sent judgment on sin, on the Pharaoh's sin. And as he sent judgment, he sent this plague after plague after plague until finally it was the ninth plague. And at the ninth plague, it was the plague of darkness. And there's darkness over the entire land. And at the end of that plague, we have the 10th the plague, which is the plague of the firstborn son, which is also what we call Passover. And it was at the Passover that they slayed a lamb and they put a lamb's blood on the doorpost. I want you to visualize this. It's amazing that, that there's darkness over the land and the darkness ends with the lamb's blood being slain. Fast forward 1,200 years and you have darkness over the land and a lamb is on the cross. You see it? Where there is sin, there is darkness and judgment. And I believe that's true of our lives as well. I believe some of you are either in it now, have walked through it, or you know somebody who is in the middle of darkness simply because of sadness. You might be sad right now and feel like you're in the dark. Because your mom and dad are going through a divorce. 
You might be in the dark and, and be in the midst of a bunch of sadness right now because a relationship has ended. That, that you might feel like you're in the dark, that there's sadness all around you uh, because a loved one or maybe you yourself has come down with cancer or some other health issue. And, and it's, it's just beating your body and it's winning a war right now and it's brought sadness and darkness into your life. That, 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 that sadness might be because of a financial hardship or a job hardship or, or whatever it might be. There's sadness because life is hitting you and you feel like you're in the dark. Or maybe it's the opposite reason. Maybe right now you're dealing with the consequence of sin. That maybe, maybe you've sinned, maybe you've messed up, maybe you've fallen back into an addiction or, or maybe you've done something sexually that you know was wrong or, or maybe you've had a momentary lapse uh, of moral integrity or, or, or maybe you gossiped about a friend and it's ruining the relationship and there is sin and that sin is bringing darkness into your life because you're dealing with the consequences of it. And this is what I know. Whatever might be bringing that darkness in today or in the past, the darkness often leads to despair. Would you agree with that? That when you feel like you're in the dark, it leads to despair and distress? Well, like, as a kid, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Anybody with me afraid of the dark? Okay, this, this group's a little more honest than the 10 o'clock group. Okay, I'm proud of you. Right? Like, like, as a kid, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Like, I just didn't like it at all. And I always wanted a light on, and anytime it went dark, I got freaked out. And I remember one time I was leaving my friend's house, and I said, hey, do me a favor, leave the front porch light on until I get home. Now, home was across the street. It wasn't down the block or anything. It was across the street. And sure enough, I got out to the street, and as I was crossing it, they turned off the light. And when they turned off the light, there's darkness in the area, and I freak out, and I just take, running, take off running through my front yard. And as I'm running through my front yard, bam, right into a tree. Like square on my nose, blood everywhere. Darkness leads to despair and distress. You probably feel that. You're not alone. You're not alone. The disciples did the very same thing. When, when, when they had darkness come into their life and they were worried, that despair rose up. You'll read about it this week if you're on the quest journey. And if you're not on the quest journey with us, then, then I want to encourage you, grab a book. They're free. They're out in the, in the connect corner right now, all right? If you are on the quest journey, then we're starting week 15. Some of you think we're on week three still, okay? Pick that book up and get back into it. Don't try to catch up. Just, you know, tomorrow, start with week 15. But anyway, you're going to read about the disciples, and the disciples, they were with Jesus. And Jesus said, I got a plan. Let's hop in the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. So as evening hit, they hopped in the boat and they start off to the other side of the lake. And as they're paddling and sailing, Jesus lays down in the front of the boat and takes a nap. He's got a pillow and he's, he's going to sleep. But as they're sailing, a storm comes up and the wind and the waves are beating against the boat. And these Fishermen, there was a couple of professional fishermen in the boat with them. They start freaking out. And as they're freaking out, they don't know what to do. So they turn to Jesus. That's a good idea. But the way they turn to Jesus is a bad idea. 
Like when they saw the darkness and the waves and the wind, when they turned to Jesus, they should have saw, hey, he is creator and he's laying down taking a nap. He's not worried about what's going on. So therefore, we shouldn't worry about what's going on. That, that he's calm, he's collective. Well, maybe just follow in his footsteps and just go take a nap. Maybe that's the advice for the day. When the going gets tough, take a nap. That's outside of the notes. But anyway, like he wasn't worried. But they're freaking out. Why? Because of the darkness, because of the storm. They came under despair and distress. So they went to Jesus and woke him up and they said this. Don't you care? Don't you care about us? Like in essence, they're saying, do you not realize what's going on in the moment? And because they said that, Jesus notices it, stands up, tells the wind, the waves to calm down. Like, like they were under despair because of the darkness and everything coming in around their lives. So he's not saying you're not alone. Somebody else understands. But it's not just the disciples. I want you to understand Jesus. He gets it. Because even Jesus, when he was in the darkness, came under despair and distress. And we know that because of the scripture that I read a little bit earlier. Let's look back at it. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why? Why have you abandoned me? Well, like, like, I really think about just that word right there. I mean, Jesus in the midst of the darkness is crying out, why? Why have you done this, God? Why have you abandoned me? Like, like, if you think about this, it doesn't really make sense. Like, why would Jesus feel this way? Well, I believe he felt this way because of the darkness. I mean, if you can think about the timeline for just a second. Six hours earlier, when Jesus first went to the cross, what was his first words? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Like his very first words are like, hey, Father, like we're in the right relationship. Forgive them. He ends up saying to his, to his mom, he says, Mom, this is now your son, and son, this is now your mom. Like thinking of others. A little bit later, he looks at a thief on the cross and says, Today you'll be with me in paradise. It seems like it's very positive conversation in the midst of a very negative circumstance. But here, everything changed. My God, my Father, my Dad, my Lord, why? And I believe we do the same thing. Why? What, what was going on in the midst of this? It's as if Jesus, as he's hanging on the cross, the darkness is all around him, and he's understanding the depth of it all. It makes me think back to Psalm 22. That, that Jesus here, what he's actually doing is quoting Psalm 22. I don't know if he's doing that to try to convince himself it'll be okay. I don't know if he's doing it to fulfill prophecy. But, but what he does is he quotes Psalm 22, which was written a thousand years earlier. Here's what Psalm 22 says. My God, my God, 
Why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. You ever felt that way? He continues on, but I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and they shake their heads saying, is this the one who relies on the Lord? Well, then let the Lord save him if the Lord loves him so much. Let the Lord rescue him. That, that, that was actually happening right at the foot of the cross. And it goes on, it says this, My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Oh Lord, do not stay far away. Like, like, what does Jesus mean by quoting all this? What does Jesus mean by, by, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Guys, this verse honestly is a little bit of a mystery of the gospel. Like there's a lot of different ideas about what actually happened in that moment. And I want to give you what I believe. Okay, Like some people will say in that moment when Jesus was on the cross that he, he left his divinity, that he was no longer God, that he was no longer divine. I do not believe that is true. I'm telling you that because if you go and Google this verse, you'll see some people saying that. I don't believe that he was stripped of his divinity. He's still God. Yet in that moment, there was something that happened spiritually and there was something that happened, what I'll call practically. Spiritually speaking, his intimate, close fellowship with the Father was separated. Same thing happens to us when we sin. Uh, and and if, we, if we don't have the Lord as our Savior, then that intimate fellowship with the Father gets separated. That, that, that we are not in an intimate relationship. So Jesus, in that moment, that happened to him, not because he sinned. Jesus didn't sin, but he took on our sin. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. Let me put that in Josh Finkley language. He never sinned, took on our sin so we could be right with God. That's what that verse means. That he took on our sin. That he took on the curse of the cross. That he became sin on our behalf, on my behalf, on your behalf, and on behalf of everybody who's ever existed. That's what happened to him in that moment. But because of that, the father had to separate that intimate fellowship because the father, as a holy God, could not be in an intimate relationship with Jesus because of the gross sin. See, God is holy. And scripture after scripture teaches us that. As I was studying for this message, I was reading a book called The Seven Sayings, written by a guy named Arthur Pink. And this is what he had to say about the holiness of God. He said, so holy 
is God, that mortal man cannot look upon him in his essential being and live. So holy is God that even the seraphim, which means angels, veil their faces before him. So holy is God that when Abraham stood before him, he cried, am I but dust and ashes? So holy is God that when Job came into his presence, he said, wherefore I despise myself. So holy is God that when Isaiah had a vision of his glory, he exclaimed, woe is me, for I am undone. For my eyes, my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So holy is God that when Daniel beheld him, he declared, There remain no strength in me, for my face became deathly pale. So holy is God that we are told he is pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. And because of that, our holy God had to look away from our Savior. Jesus Christ, because Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we could be made right. In his holiness, the father stepped out of a close proximity, a close intimate relationship with Jesus. So Jesus felt abandoned and alone. That's what happens spiritually. But now let's look at that practically. Practically, this is what I believe that means. Is that God, the Father, abandoned this close relationship, but he didn't leave. It wasn't like he took a hiatus. It wasn't like he stepped away. I believe he was right there in the midst of it, face to face, looking at Jesus with his heart breaking, saying, that's my son who I dearly love. That's my boy. And although in the moment Jesus was saying, my God, my father, why have you abandoned me? That the father is right there agonizing with him. But in the moment, in the darkness, in the pain of what was going on, Jesus was in distress and despair. And the beauty of this is it brings it back to us and it helps us realize you're not alone. And I really mean that two ways. You're not alone. Everything that maybe you feel, like maybe, you're, maybe, maybe life just sucks right now. And you're at the end of your rope and you feel abandoned and you feel alone. Jesus knows exactly how you feel. Then maybe you're right there saying, I don't know where God is in the midst of my pain. Jesus knows exactly how you feel. You have a friend, a family member that's going through that. He knows exactly how they feel. They're not alone. He can empathize. But it goes a step further. It's not just about empathy. It's about solving the problem. And the problem is, is because of sin, we are separated But what Jesus did when he took on the sin and became sin for us, he felt the separation on our behalf. 
And then he went to the grave on our behalf. And then three days later, he rose from the dead so that we might have life. And then he walked with his disciples for 40 days. And the very last thing he ever said on this earth before he ascended to the Father. Do you know what his last words were? Surely I will never leave you. He gave us a promise. And last time I checked, we just sung about a song saying he's the promise keeper. Well, guess what? His promise still holds true today. That you are not alone. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He won't abandon you. He went to the cross so that we could be in relationship with him. And when we come to understand that, it'll comfort us as he accompanies us on the journey. Because you're never alone. You're never abandoned even when you feel like you are. Because darkness is real due to sadness and due to sin. It's real. But so is the promise of Jesus and his indwelling gift of the Spirit. And some of you today, though, you feel alone and you're hearing this. Today, you need to claim it. And what I'm gonna challenge you to do is to connect with him and to be willing to say, Jesus, I don't feel like you're right there right now, but I know you are. And maybe if you're struggling to even say that, I'm gonna invite you to come to the prayer corner. We've got people over there that, that, I, that I see some of our prayer counselors just standing there right now. They're ready to pray with you. They wanna walk alongside of you. They want to receive you because they understand that when you're going through the darkness, sometimes you need a hug. You need somebody to say that prayer on your behalf. So if something's going on in your life or something's going on in somebody else's life, then I invite you just like last week, just get up and just head over there. And we just want to pray with you. We want to connect with Jesus and connect with you and take it to him because he is there. You're not alone. But, but I also want to say this, because for some of us, you are alone. Well, like, let me share some bad news and some good news. The bad news is if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you are alone. That his presence doesn't reside in you. You might be in his presence, but his presence isn't in you. But here's the good news. He's not far off. He is right there in front of you. And just like the father was right there in front of the son, he is now right there in front of you and he's just knocking on your door. He's knocking on your heart saying, come into a relationship with me because if you invite me in, I'll never leave. I'll never leave. When sadness hits and despair hits, when sin hits and darkness hits, he ain't going to leave you. He's going to stay there and he's going to say, I'm here. Let's get this back together. And for some of you, you need to, you need to say yes to Jesus today. And, for this, and in the same way, I invite you, come on over. We're standing there and we would love to pray with you about receiving Jesus and saying yes to him. 
or about acknowledging the fact that yes, it's a darkness around you, but you're not alone. If you need prayer, today's the day. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are here and we trust you for that. Help us to respond in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.